0: begin by welcoming you, I have already done that actually, uh, and wishing you a, a happy Mother's Day. Um, <clears throat> mothers play a very special role um, within the Bible. Now, they don't always get the credit they deserve, um, but there are so many um, sometimes subtle and sometimes explicit mentions of the role mothers play in the lives of so many people in the Scriptures that... But I just want to highlight a few of them this morning uh, and allow them to both encourage and to challenge. Uh, Maybe if you are a mother, this will be an encouragement to the role you have in your children's life and a challenge to understand the eternal implications of it. If you're not a mother, then at the very least, it's a challenge to be reminded of the role that your mother has played and a challenge to acknowledge it. And to appreciate it and encourage it in um, the grace that God has shown you through your mother. Um, no matter uh, what your childhood looked like, um, God continually uses mothers to pour out his grace on children. One explicit example um, comes out of a letter that we now call Second Timothy. Uh, so you know a lot about the New Testament, uh, the part of the New Bible that was written after Jesus. Um, One of the main authors, one of the the men who contributed the most, his name is Paul. He actually hated the church, hated Jesus, and made his life mission to um, to imprison and to torture and, and even at times to assist in the execution of Christians until one day he met Jesus face to face and it changed his life forever. He went from the greatest destroyer of the church to the greatest builder. Of the church that really anyone has seen almost in the last two thousand years and as a part of his ministry in starting these churches he would write letters as a pastor to kind of bring encouragement and challenge to give a message to his congregations he would write it to churches and he would also write it to individuals and one of the individuals he writes to is a young man named timothy a young pastor who he is sort of mentoring. and, and second timothy is his second letter to him sort of as an older pastor to a younger pastor, giving him encouragement, um, things to think about in his ministry and in his service. And here's what he says in 2 Timothy 1. Um, we're, we're just going to start at the beginning of the letter. We're going our way to verse 5. And it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And then he's going to go on and later in that letter, in 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 14, he says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, we know very little about Timothy's father. As a matter of fact, the only detail we get um, comes from the book of Acts, and it just lets us know that his father was a Greek. Now, because it doesn't give us any more information, because of the context in which we read that, probably means his father was not a believer. Certainly was not someone who was familiar with what we now call the Old Testament, that apparently Timothy's grandmother and mother had taught him since childhood. And so, Timothy's grandmother and mother partnered up together to instill life in Timothy. And now we see it bearing fruit in his ministry as Timothy becomes one of the major players for the early church in helping to establish the mission that Jesus left with his followers after he left. And I fully recognize that everyone in here comes from a different place. Some of you had great relationships with your moms. Some of you didn't have a great one. Some of you, there wasn't a relationship due to a tragedy or a decision. And some of you had a great relationship with your mom, but maybe things were different for your dad. And I think that's the case with Timothy. We don't know anything about his dad Certainly don't necessarily need to read between the lines of and paint him a bad light, but what we do know is that his mom chose to build and encourage life in him. And actually, that is a theme that runs throughout the Bible of the role that both mothers and fathers play, but specifically we'll focus on mothers today, the role that God has ordained parents to instill life, to instill a love and a fear for the Lord. And it comes with great honor and privileges and responsibilities. Uh, some of you may be very familiar with the book of Proverbs. In the Old Testament, it was written by King Solomon, the son of King David. If those names mean anything to you, even if you're not very familiar with the Bible, you've heard of David and Goliath. Uh, and so David, that David, later becomes king. And his, one of his sons, Solomon, later becomes king as well. And Solomon writes a number of proverbs about life. About real life and what you can see and observe in life. But the, the point of Proverbs is to help us orient our lives from the sacred to the most mundane for a greater purpose. Here's at the very end of Proverbs. This is not going to be on your screen, and it won't be the Bible out. Because um, I wasn't planning on doing this illustration. This will just yeah. illustrate um, so the point. Proverbs 30. This will illustrate the point. I'm just, I'm just going to read verse 89. Solomon says this, Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is equal for me, lest I be fooled and deny you and say who is the Lord, or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. So here's what that instance illustrates, right? Solomon says, it would be best that I not have too much or too little. Because if I have too much, the temptation is, I don't need God. It, it's a temptation to, to rely on yourself. But he says, I don't want too little lest I'm tempted to do something I shouldn't. But notice the whole point of it. It wasn't that I don't break the rules for the rules' sake. He says, so that I don't profane the name of God. So even our, the way in which we act in, in, in financial matters, for Solomon, all has its bearing in God. All of it has its bearing in understanding um, God's will for our life and what is best for us and will draw us near to God. So, Proverbs 1, so we go to the very beginning of the book. I'm going to read just the first few verses to illustrate this point of the way that Solomon sets up this wisdom, pointing towards God and the role that parents play. And this is how the whole book of Proverbs begins. Proverbs 1, starting verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing, In righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple. Knowledge and discretion to the people. So this is his purpose for writing. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And let the one who understands... Obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their littles. So these last three verses I really want to focus on. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head, and penance for your neck. So the first instruction he gives is to pay attention to your parents and what they say and what they have to share. You would expect someone who's going to write a book on following God, who's going to write a book on orienting all aspects of your life, even including finances like we read in Proverbs 3, but you're going to orient everything for the good and the glory of the Lord, you would think your beginning instruction would be, hey, you should listen to all of God's rules. And he's going to start with your parents. He's going to start with hear your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teachings. When a father's instructions and a mother's teachings are rooted in a fear of the Lord, It's good news. When those instructions and those teachings are rooted, as it said in verse 7, in the fear of the Lord, that is good news. Now, let's be honest. To a kid, that's not always good news. For some adults who maybe didn't grow up in a healthy environment, it's not good news either. There's a level of uncomfortableness when it comes to giving good teaching and good instruction, especially when it's confrontational. But when it's rooted in the fear of the Lord, it's good news. And, and here's how Solomon describes it. It's like a wreath on your head or a pinup around your head. It's something that shouts victory, triumph, celebration. There's nothing more exciting, more honorable for an athlete than to stand on the highest podium and to be rewarded with a wreath around their head, something around their neck to say, "Uh, I did it. I accomplished the goal. And it's exciting, and they hear their national anthem, and there's tears shed, and everyone loves it. It gets everyone excited, but there were thousands of hours where no one would watch, you know, it wasn't you, And that's what we forget about right now. Everyone wants to stand on the podium. There's a lot of people who aren't willing to go out there to do a And so the read for the penance isn't just a symbol that you were the best. But it's also a symbol that you endured the hardships. As a child, there's a, there's a level of enduring the hardships of those tough teachings and those uncomfortable instructions that, if they're endured, lead to a sense of celebration and victory that will lead us closer to fear and trust the worship of the Lord. And I'll say this specifically to mothers, and I'm not saying it doesn't apply to the of the father, but specifically to mothers. Just because I think of our culture, some of the endurance and difficulty that you will face, and so you don't need to be you, is that a lot of your instruction and your teaching will go unappreciated many others. <laughs> and that is a legitimate hardship that you're going to have to engage. Because you're going to pour every ounce of your life for their best, and I hope that this morning, if you haven't already been, that today you're challenged and encouraged to make sure that you're really rooted in a fear and a love of the Lord. And there will be many, many days that your children will despise your teaching <laughs> and assume it's for their own benefit. Right, because you got nothing else to do except for Right, and There will be a lot of days glory of enduring hardship, and one of your crowns, one of your dreams, one of your penance, by enduring that, it will see your children one day grow up with you. And that's what we're pursuing. And there will be days when no one is watching, and no one pays attention to their hardships. But there's a goal in mind, and it's not that you kid here the best soccer player in the neighborhood, and it's not that they're on the most honorable list, it's that they grow up to love, and to serve, and to feel good. Jay mentioned this earlier, You he kind of stole my thunder, but I was going into it. He <laughs> <laughs> clearly didn't ask my permission to answer <laughs> Jesus, on the cross, in one of his final moments, pours out love and concern for the Most individuals, when they're on the cross, they die from asphyxiation because with all weight on your wrists, you can't breathe. The only way to breathe is to pull yourself up with full body weight, as your wrists rotate around the nose. And eventually you get too tired, it's too painful, and you can't pull yourself up when you can't breathe anymore. So for Jesus to speak in other words, he has to pull himself up on the earth. And in John 19, he pulls himself up. As his mother, who is standing there watching what he is doing, makes sure that she will be taken care of his so. own. And he looks to the only disciple who stayed around and who stood there and gives instructions to his disciple to look after his mother. Even in Jesus' own the all four Gospels show his mother plays such an important role in his life. And mother, whether you give Ever the acknowledgement and attention you deserve, you probably won't. But your role, your teaching, plays such an integral role in your children growing up to love and fear the Lord. we thank you for that. We I mean, Lord. I just want to take a minute to thank you, um, for the mothers in this room who, honestly, do more than we actually know. And certainly don't get the recognition that it's And I, I pray and hope that uh, all the mothers in here will even just take a bit encouragement from Jesus, your own mother. When you said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve and to ransom the many. You came to serve so that more. People could be drawn into the love of God the Father, and I pray that same heart for the mothers in this room, that their passion and their purpose would be rooted both in their own fear of the Lord and fear of the world, their working and save each other. God, we thank you for the way we can truly understand love, because you. Have shown us what the real area is do. we love because you first loved us. We've set the standard for what we understand about be. And we celebrate and honor our only mothers as morning. We celebrate the goodness and your The mercy of your love in our lives. We love you because the morning. Amen.